Hey, it's Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And And it's it's time time to smut smut up and listen. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy. Today's episode trigger warnings are BDSM, dubcon, violence, mentions of sexual violence, and explicit sexual content. And guess what? What? We have another review. Yay! This one's from Heather McGinn. Love this show. One of my favorite podcasts. They do such a good job describing the books and keeping you entertained. They have me sitting at work, headphones on, of course, either cracking up at the commentary or red-faced with some of the book scenes. Good job, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. That's so nice. Also, you guys listening to this podcast at work, you're horny little rats. (laughs) You are horny little rats. (laughs) And today's book is That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming. And how many stars did you give it on Goodreads, Shelby? I actually gave it four stars. I really liked it. Wow. I gave it a four and a half. I also really liked it. (gasps) I know. I kind of want to continue with the series. I think it's kind of an anthology, but the rest of the series is based on characters that we meet in this book. Yeah. Yeah. You get like your ending without a cliffhanger at the end of this book, but I think more stuff happens to other characters and she writes a series about it. So yeah. Oh, hell yeah. My quote for you, Riley, is briefly, I wondered if Fallon was an incubus instead of a dragon because when he sucked on my clit, there was a damn good chance my soul went with it. We love a good clit sucker. (laughs) (laughs) And mine is, you may call me a demon little rabbit, but you're the cruel party here taunting me with that sweet cunt just out of reach (gasps) that sweet cunt oh you stop it all right so this book is not a dual pov we only have the one pov and it's our female main character and her name is cinnamon hot pepper (laughs) cinnamon hot pepper (laughs) what a name i like it she's drunk and on the hunt for cheese at her village's celebration of the goddess maiva choosing one of their residents priscilla during the great calling to join the battle against the demons at the Volsog gate. So if you can't tell already, this book is pretty high fantasy. Yes. Yes. There's even a map on the front. That's how you know. There is. Oh. The goddess always chooses two men and two women, and this happens once every 15 years. It's a great honor to be chosen, but Cinnamon has no desire to be shipped off for battle, no matter how many hot warriors she'd be accompanied by. And she talks about how she has such a desire to not do anything exciting that her ex-boyfriend, Glenn, broke up with her over it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, fuck you, Glenn. Honestly, I, I really relate to that, though. <laughs> she just wants to stay home and, like, eat some cheese, yeah. drink some wine. I don't care to do anything crazy. Yeah. I just want to chill. It's fine. That's all she wants to do. I got you, Cinnamon. She and her friend Brie, who runs the cheese stand, and her name is Brie. <laughs> like the cheese. Oh! <laughs> How's it spelled? B-R-I-E. Like the cheese? Brie. Uh-huh. <gasps> I love it. <laughs> Little cheese gal. Yep. They recently dyed their hair pink in celebration of the goddess making her choice, and she tells Brie that they weren't chosen, so now they can party. She takes a bite of cheddar and washes it down with some wine, but Brie tells her to go home because she's wasted and to sleep off the hangover, and tomorrow when her brother runs the cheese stall, they'll rage. Cinnamon is thinking about the fact that the goddess is so powerful that she could battle the demons herself and doesn't understand why she takes four humans to do her bidding when there's a loud boom. Everyone falls to the ground and the villagers get up and dust themselves off, telling themselves it must have been Priscilla doing her duty and slaying some demons and everyone agrees getting back to the party. Bree tells Cinnamon again to go home, so she begins her drunken walk back to her farm and she and her family run a cinnamon farm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they do like a bunch of spice trips and stuff like that yeah how cute i know this book is so cute i love cute little bugs when she gets further away from the party and more into the wilderness a mugger with a hammer jumps out trying to rob her and she tells him that she's just a farmer and doesn't have any fucking money so he demands her cloak and she tells him that she's wearing an awfully feminine cloak and it seems kind of sus that he thinks he could pull it off and she actually says sus and the dialogue in this book is very funny it is funny i love that (laughs) Very Gen Z of her. She sees red hair peeking out from his face scarf and knows who this is. His name is Harper, the son of a fisherman who's nothing but trouble in the village. He gets nervous when she uses his name, so she turns the tables and is like, how about you give me your cloak? (laughs) Yeah, bitch. He runs and she chases after him, but she loses him because he's fast as fuck. 
but she stumbles across what looks like a rock slide and she figures this is probably what made the loud noise at the festival. She hears a wheat groan and tells whoever is stuck to keep making sounds so she can help them. She sees a pale hand sticking out from the debris and clears everything off of whoever is in there. The person in the wreckage is huge with long black hair. She asks the man if he's hurt and he says he's feeling drained and his voice sends a shiver down her spine in a good way. <laughs> she swears she can see fangs poking out of his mouth. The man's eyes glow yellow and cat-like and he tells her to run. She's confused and he suddenly wraps his hands around her throat and the man grows horns from his head. Demon! It's a diamond. And she saved him. And she was drunk. Yeah. And I bet she fucked them. The end. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Book over. She grabs her torch and smashes it into his face, which causes him to roar and let go. And she books it in the direction of her house, and she can hear him behind her knocking trees down to get to her. Absolutely. He's terrifying. fully knocking yes. trees down. <laughs> terrifying. When she gets to the cinnamon field, she's able to hide, and she stops hearing him pursuing her, so she makes her way to the house. But once she can make out the roof, she's tackled by the demon. She asks him if they can just talk this out and offers him cinnamon or goat meat, but he doesn't relent, so she grabs for a branch and hits him in the head with a stick of cinnamon. He rolls off and starts rubbing at his nose and she books it, finally making it to the house and locking the door behind her. I mean, if he can knock down whole ass trees, yeah, I wouldn't feel safe in my home. No! <laughs> the next morning, she's finally able to stop staring out the window looking for the demon and plops into bed and her brother, her brother's name is Cumin. Uh-huh. Stop it. <laughs> Just wait for the other brother's name. Oh, I love it. He starts making fun of her for thinking she saw a demon and says their dad for some reason believes her so him and their brother chili <laughs> are being forced to take her to maiva's temple to ask for protection over breakfast cumin starts to ask cinnamon about her alleged demon attack and asks what it looked like when they hear a bit like this from outside the kitchen window she turns to see the demon casually standing against the open frame and can't help but appreciate how beautiful he is now that he's not in this completely scary demon form but he still has his horns so he looks more human but he's very clearly a demon yeah he leaves the window and walks right into the house telling cinnamon's mom he'd like a word with her daughter and a fight breaks out with her mom being shoved behind her father and her brothers grabbing for knives chili lunges at the demon but is knocked across the room and the demon seems completely unaffected by this like he just throws his arm out and then her brother goes flying across the room He's like, please stop. Shoe fly, don't bother me. I'm just a diamond. He holds up the stick of cinnamon and says he only came to ask what this is. Her father says that they're cinnamon sticks and asks who the hell he is and why he cares about spices. The demon introduces himself as Fallon from the Frost Mountains, and Cinnamon says it's a bit late for polite introductions since he tried to kill her last night, but Fallon just shrugs and says, semantics. What are you gonna do? It happens. What, are you gonna kick me out of your house? Try. It's just the way that I am, okay? <laughs> we get an explanation. Her father asks how he made it through the goddess's barrier, and Fallon laughs, saying, Maiva is most certainly not a goddess, and he refers to her as a lich. And nobody knows what this means either. They're like, what the fuck is a lich? Yeah, they're like, excuse me? Is she a demon? Like them? No, she's like the lich thingy. It's like different. I don't know. Oh. And he says that she seems to have fooled the humans, and he mentions something about something called a phylactery, but nobody knows what that means. He asks if he can sit down so they can talk, and her mom is like, yes, of course, and fixes him a plate of food. And they make reference to Cinnamon's mom having a shaved head with these red tattoos on her scalp and she used to be a bard a little baddie yeah like she used to yeah. tell stories a bard is like a wizard right no it's it's like um someone that tells stories and sings songs about stories great adventures yeah okay okay Fallon takes a bite of bacon and is like oh my god this is amazing thank you after he's brought a cup of coffee he explains that their quote-unquote goddess does this thing where she makes the demons go feral whenever she wants and then cinnamon hit him in the head with the cinnamon stick and it snapped him out of it oh yeah chili asks him what a lich is and Fallon says that she's an undead sorcerer who specializes in necromancy what's necromancy the control of like dead bodies yeah okay it's like is she fucking dead bodies 
No, that's necrophilia. I know. I didn't know if it was just like a little form of it. I don't know. No. 600 years ago, Maiva sacrificed some demon children and used her power to hypnotize the demon population and force them all into the frozen wastelands and made the Volsog Gate to trap them. And the humans have been tricked into guarding her heart for generations. And every 15 years, she makes the demons go crazy and kill each other. She's a naughty girl. Yeah, she a bitch. It's what she is. The brothers are skeptical, so Fallon pulls out a pulsing red amulet, and when he slides it across the table, his horns disappear, and the tips of his ears round out to look human. He says if they throw the amulet into the goddess's temple, they'll see Maiva for who she is, and they'll need to break her little cup. He can't go near the temple without being thrown back into the frenzy, and Cinnamon is like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. Because remember, she wants no part in any sort of no adventure. She's just trying to chill. She's a Bilbo Baggins. She's like, no. She is kind of a Bilbo Baggins. Fallon says that if they do this, he'll lay claim on their village and no demons will attack once the curse is broken and they're freed. And he also promises that her family will specifically remain safe. Sweet. Cinnamon says fine. She'll go break the stupid cup. When she gets to the temple, she throws the amulet inside and it starts to float midair, pulsing red light, and she sees a wooden goblet. The walls creak and black ooze starts to bubble out of the goblet and Cinnamon has to cover her nose because everything smells rotten now. So whatever spell that she had on the temple that made it look all nice and pretty is broken and it's just this nasty, rotten... Black goo everywhere. Yeah. The sludge starts to pour out on the floor and the puddles form into two eyes and a mouth and it starts to scream asking what she's done. And Cinnamon is pissed saying, I could ask you the same thing damn witch and she throws the goblet smashing it it cracks and the goo creature screams but it doesn't break so she goes to grab it but a disembodied skeleton hand grabs her and cinnamon starts bashing the goblet into the altar as more bones start to appear forming into this nasty goo skeleton monster that looks like it used to be an ogre it raises its club but just as it's about to hit her a sword flies out and cuts its arm off and fallon is here to save the day yes fallon i would be terrified because he did not mention a goo monster would come out no, of No, I'd be like, what's happening? I don't know that he knew about the goo monster. He probably didn't, but I'd be like, you should have warned me. <laughs> what the fuck is this? He hacks up the zombie ogre and Cinnamon bashes the goblet until it shatters and the goo on the ground is screaming. The temple starts to cave in and Fallon and Cinnamon run out just as it crumbles to the ground. She's leaning into Fallon trying to process what just happened when she realizes that he smells real, real good and she has to snap herself out of it. And she says, well, I did my part. Good luck with the other three temples. See you later. And Fallon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean three other temples? Yeah, what? And Cinnamon says, yeah, this was the South Temple but Maiva also has the northeast and west temples. And Cinnamon sits down and leans against a tree exhausted from the last 24 hours. Fallon slides down next to her and says he has some bad news. He promised her family would be safe, but he never promised her that she would be safe. So now she has to help him destroy the next three temples. He said, gotcha, bitch. (laughs) Tricked ya. She says she hates him and he says, yeah, well, we have a lot of time to spend together while we destroy the lich's other three hearts, so I'll probably grow on you. And she says, fine, but they need to rest before they head out and starts to walk back home. He says he really thought she'd need more convincing and she says, yeah, well, there's not anything more convincing than the threat of death. And he says, I could think of a few things more convincing. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) What? What are you thinking? The next day, they're bickering over what to pack into the carriage when Brie tells Cinnamon that she thinks they just need to bone. Like, she's like, there's some sexual tension going on between you and this demon man. I think you just need to fuck. Just bang one out. Honestly. Put that dick in, yeah. Do it. Cinnamon just laughs and says that she reads too many romance novels, and then she gets serious and says she's nervous about seeing that thing again. But Brie assures her that she was young when she saw it, and she can't blame herself for what happened. <gasps> you learn. Ah, uh-huh. I want to know now. She thinks back on the dark hand coming out of the water and dragging her sister Cherry to her death. Oh, Cherry. Before she's about to head out, she's stopped by Tyler Huckabee, the older brother of the kid that tried to mug her, and he tells her that she owes Harper an apology, and Harper pops up from behind his brother and is like, yeah, you owe me an apology. No, pussy. 
and they demand compensation for his troubles. And she says, yes, of course, and starts to rummage through the carriage, and she pulls out an apple and throws it at his head. (laughs) Get him. Tyler grabs her by the front of her shirt and slams her into the carriage and slaps her right in the face, and Bree tries unsuccessfully to step in. And then they hear, Rabbit, are these friends of yours? And Fallon walks up. Rabbit. Yeah, he calls her Rabbit. Better than all the baby animal names. Kitten. Yeah. Yeah, Bunny. I don't like Bunny, but Rabbit, I'm down with Rabbit. Come here, you little hair. (laughs) Rabbit. Maybe because he wants to fuck her like a rabbit. Yeah, it doesn't really explain why he calls her Rabbit, but he does. She says, no, they aren't friends. And he says, good. And Fallon grabs Tyler's arm, twisting it from the socket. And the bone is even sticking out of his skin. Yeah. He goes to raise his sword and Cinnamon yells for him to stop. And he's like, what? Why? And she tells him it was just a slap. He doesn't deserve to die. And Fallon is like, okay, whatever. Your choice. Let's head out. They hop up on the seat of the carriage together and the horses set off down the road. And the horses' names are Crash and Smash. I love them. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> the names in this book are immaculate. Love them. A while later, they're riding through the bayou, and Cinnamon is getting startled at every splash from the water, and Fallon asks her why she's so jumpy. And she says he nearly tore a man's arm right off in front of her, and now she's traveling through a monster-filled swamp with him, and he's like, I'm the worst monster out here, so you really don't need to be concerned. And she asks him if that's supposed to make her feel better, and he asks if she'd feel better traveling with the weakest monster around, and she's like, okay. You got a point. Fair enough. Fair. He's got a point. She tells him he can't go around maiming or killing people, so he grabs her, sliding her as close to him as possible, and he tells her until the last phylactery is destroyed, she is his, and he will refrain from killing humans so long as they listen to him. She gets a little soaked over this, but has to snap out of it because she's strong and independent and refuses to be turned on by this. Yeah. We don't need no man. Just give in to him. (laughs) You need him, but you can fuck him. <laughs> True. Yeah. They find a place to pull over and rest for the night, and she's struggling to make a fire, and Fallon is like, um, I can literally do that, and shoots fire out of his hands. He's like, why are you struggling trying to do this? I can... He's like, magic. <laughs> I can do this. He's like, did you... F- Did you forget what I am? (laughs) She gets up to check her crayfish trap and it's filled to the top with them and she's stoked. She gets back all proud and Fallon is disgusted asking if she expects him to eat swamp spiders. (laughs) I love that. Swamp spiders. They kind of do look like swamp spiders. Yeah. Have you ever like eaten a crawfish where you have to like rip its head off? Never. I can't even eat shrimp that have like their parts attached to them. What about the tail? I can't. Well, that's fine. But when they still have their little legs on them and their head, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'll eat the crawfish if it's like already deheaded. <laughs> deheaded. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and she tells him he's wrong and she's going to show him how delicious this is and prepares this whole ass crawfish boil. She pulls out a bottle of mead from her skirt and he's like, like, did you just pull liquor out from there? And she's like, yeah, I always keep snacks on me. And he laughs. And she can't help but admire him as he does. This almost feels romantic for her, but she just saw him almost rip a guy's arm off. So she's like, it's a no for me, dog. Okay, but it was for you, Cinnamon. It was a little bit of an overreaction, but oh, we yeah, don't feel I think bad. I'd be terrified if I saw a man do that. Yeah. When it's ready to serve, he says it actually smells wonderful. And she swoons a little bit at the compliment. He tastes it and groans in pleasure and she's like, whoa, that's kind of hot, but just shoves a potato into her mouth. They finish eating and drink some of the blueberry mead before turning in for the night, but Cinnamon can't sleep with all the swamp sounds. Fallon notices and tells her again he's the scariest thing out here and if he kills her, who's going to cook him more swamp spiders? Honestly, my favorite part of this book, I think, is that she lives in a bayou because I have never read a fantasy book where it's like they're in a bayou. It's always a forest. Yeah, she's in a bayou. Yeah, I love it. Fallon pretends to hear something and jumps up saying, oh my god, the wind. So scary. Oh my god, hug me. (laughs) Keep me close. She calls him a rapscallion and he tells her to get out of the way. Watch out. And she freaks and jumps up and he starts laughing again. So she hits him with a pillow and finally falls asleep feeling the hint of Fallon's hand against her side. He was just razzing her. Yeah. Three days later, they've made it past the bayou, and they've set up camp in the woods of Wandermere, and Fallon tells her about the tale of the hungry man. I was just thinking about the dinners, the frozen dinners. Yeah, the frozen dinners that are, like, absolutely disgusting. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but it made me think of, um, like, that canned sloppy joes. What am I... I swear that's... I know what you're talking about. What are those called? I could be... I, I, I think man is in the word, but... Manwich. That's what it is. That's what it is. 
He tells her that hungry men are men who get lost in the woods, turn into monsters who can't tell the difference between humans and food, and no matter how much they eat, they're never full, but don't worry, he could for sure beat one. But she just needs to watch out for the shadow of a hand creeping up on her. No, thank you. She looks down to see exactly that and screams, and Fallon starts to laugh again, telling her that she makes it too easy. Hooligan. No, thank you. She wakes up in the middle of the night and hears crying and her dead sister calling out her name. But she doesn't even hesitate to run up to find her. And Fallon is gone. Excuse me, he's gone? Yeah, she woke up and he wasn't there next to her. I would be besides myself. And she just heard Cherry being like, Cinnamon, help me, I'm out here. No, 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 no. She sees the figure of her sister standing in the water, crying out for her, telling her that she's so cold. Cinnamon starts to wade out into the water when Fallon yells out for her to stop. That's not her sister and to get out of the water right now. He tells her to look behind Cherry and Cinnamon sees a hideous demon dog with spiked fur. Her sister's body disappears and raccoon-like hands grab her and drag her under the water. (laughs) Little raccoon hands. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. She starts to drown when the dog screeches and she's able to free herself and swim to the surface and she sees the dog impaled on Fallon's sword. She gets to the shore and Fallon is there, instantly checking her over for wounds. He picks her up like a baby and carries her to the camp, saying they're going to wash her off and then get her back to bed. When they're back by the fire, he tells her that her hair is covered in swampy mess and undoes each and every one of her braids to wash her hair. What a sweetie. He was very nice. I would like my hair washed. Yeah, wash my hair. Someone wash my hair. Take my braids out for me. Yeah. (laughs) He tells her that the demon is a water dog and uses powerful illusions to lure prey to their death. And she tells him about Cherry. She was snatched up about four years ago by a water dog when they were out playing around with their brothers. He holds her and tells her it's okay to cry, and she does. And when she calms down, he goes to grab some soap and begins to pull her clothes off. And she's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? He says he's washing her, and not to worry, because crying women don't really get him aroused, so she's safe for tonight. And she says, tonight? And he's like, yeah, I told you I'd grow on you. She grabs the soap and strips her own clothing off before heading to the water to bathe. Then Fallon steps up, also naked, and grabs her soap and is like, I'm dirty too. I need a bath. Look at my pee-pee. He starts to wash her hair and it feels really nice. Really nice. Ooh. And she decides she's too horny to care that he's an actual monster. Fallon, I whispered softly, yes, there is one more Bayou delicacy that you haven't tasted yet. Interest peaked. He removed his hands from my mane and regarded me with questions in his eyes. What would that be? <gasps> Cinnamon. Are you talking about your pussoir? <laughs> <laughs> she walks over to what looks like a log floating in the water and grabs her knife, stabbing it. It's a fucking alligator and Fallon <laughs> is too stunned Holy to speak. Holy shit. <laughs> She asks him for a little bit of help getting it to the shore. Before he does, he asks her if the man who hit her was her lover, and she says, ew, no. And he's like, what about the younger brother? And she also says, ew, no. And he says, okay, cool, that makes this easy, and walks up to her. <gasps> As he approached the bank, his body rose higher out of the water until I found myself staring at what would only be considered as another weapon. Hot damn. Oh, my filet powder. I said that out loud. Scarlet embarrassment raced across my dark skin as I tried to look anywhere but at Fallon's dick. Oh, my gosh. Just look at she it. She said it's another weapon. <laughs> it's a fucking weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he grabs the gator and effortlessly throws it up on the shore next to the campfire and says after this mission is over, he's keeping her and she will be his wife. It's escalating very quickly. Oh, uh, weapon of vag destruction. Oh, my God. Oh, (laughs) Shelby, Shelby. She tells him that wasn't part of the deal, and he says she shouldn't be so horribly interesting then. He kisses her on the cheek and leaves her standing there asking herself what the fuck just happened. The next day, Fallon is in a strangely good mood and keeps referring to Cinnamon as my love, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) He intends to give her the mating bite, but that would trigger the honeymoon phase, and he doesn't feel like fucking her relentlessly on the forest floor. She tells him she didn't agree to any of that, and he's like, well, you said you weren't seeing anyone. I've already met your parents. We've seen each other naked, saved each other's lives, and I've seen you slay a water lizard. What more is there? (laughs) Also a water lizard. (laughs) Yeah. That's marriage, if I've ever heard Yeah, Yeah, you guys are already married. Mm -hmm. Just then, they're attacked by a group of bandits who make it very clear they want to rob them and rape Cinnamon. 
Fallon attacks the men and they're like, holy shit, a demon. He grabs one of the bandits named Jeff and uses him like a <laughs> weapon, swinging him around to hit his friends. One of their other names was like Gary. Yeah, they have like really basic me? ass names. There's like all cool names throughout the book and then there's Gary and Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't deserve cool names though. No. No. Once they're sufficiently beat up, he realizes one of them got thrown into the river and Fallon seems upset saying he promised not to kill any humans. And Cinnamon says it's totally fine. They're rapists and he can and should kill rapists. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And he smiles and says, say less. They get back on the road and he turns and asks her if this means she agrees to be his wife. And she's like, um, no. She tells him they'll use a point system. If he does something to make her happy, she'll give him points. And if he gets to a thousand points, she'll marry him. And he says, all right, bet. And they shake on it. Yeah. You're going to marry that man. Yeah. He leans in and kisses her roughly and tells her that he's going to enjoy breaking down her walls. I wonder if you'll still be counting points after I've shredded your clothes with my teeth. Then after you've been pinned to the ground, my hands teasing those large large breasts of yours as I kiss them, lick them, until the tips grow hard under my tongue. Then I would trace my fangs over them so gently. I'll kiss my way down your body as I find all the little places that make you moan before I settle in between these thick thighs. Do you know how hard it was not to bury my head in between them as we bathe together? You may call me a demon, little rabbit, but you're the cruel party here, taunting me with that sweet cunt just out of reach. I shuddered as his fingers dipped into my inner thigh, a whisper away from my core. How many points will you give me when I taste your cunt? I'll lick my way through it slowly, getting deeper and deeper until I found the little jewel of your clit. <laughs> little jewel. <laughs> Shelby texted me and was like, specifically highlight little jewel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little jewel. And I would circle my tongue on it until I feel it swell. I'll lick it, stroke it, until you squeeze these thighs around my head. Until you've grabbed me by the horns and guided me deeper into you. I'll suck on you then, but not enough to give you a reprieve. I want you begging, you see. I'll do it so gently, so delicately, that you stop being so fucking careful with me and show me that fiery hellion I know you've been hiding. Then I would put my tongue inside you, taste you, eat you, as I rub your clit. I won't stop until you're shaking, screaming for me to take you. I'll see just how much I can torment you until you open up for me. That's where my gentleness stops. I'll come inside you and take you roughly. I'll make you take every last bit of me until i'm burned in your memory that's just how you like it isn't it love you can keep up the lie of the docile little lamb for your false goddess but never from me what a monologue uh, he's hot he is he's hot demon daddy yeah he is a demon daddy he slides her panties to the side and starts to rub her telling her he can feel how much she wants him but she tells him to stop He's frustrated, but does. She gets off the carriage and jumps into the nearby water and tells him she'll give him 100 points right now just to leave her alone. And she realizes she's going to be fucking a demon at some point. Yes, you will. Do it right now. Yeah. yeah. Stop telling him to leave you alone. They get to the city of Wandermere and it's huge. Fallon tells her he can sense demons nearby and to be careful because something feels off. They decide to find a bar and a woman named Usha leads them to one called the Dramatic Hyena. And then they learn that in the city, people keep demons demons as pets and they have to wear collars with tags that clearly state who owns them and this is for liability purposes so if your demon attacks someone you're responsible like i guess a dog yeah okay i guess that's fair and they don't talk she hears fallon talk and she's like what the fuck so these probably these little demons probably talk right but they're like don't talk don't say they don't talk or they don't talk okay or they can't talk we'll find out okay okay Usha owns the bar, so Cinnamon asks for a room and a collar for her demon. And Fallon is fucking pissed about this. He's like, I'm not wearing yeah. a fucking collar. And she's like, we have to. It's the rules. Do it. There's a rival bar across the street, and the owner of that one, Tyrese, and Usha start to argue right in the middle of the road about whose bar is better. And Usha runs inside real quick. Through the window, I could see her pick up a wooden sign of her own and scribble something down before putting it in the window. Cole Fairy's nose is so deep in the happy dust, he can't sniff a warthog's ass from a rosebush upon reading the sign. Tyrese grew beet red and stomped his foot. You leave my father out of this. You don't know what he's been through. Without missing a beat, Usha opened the window and shouted, Coke! He's been through a lot of coke! <laughs> <laughs> The happy dust. They have a rivalry. Yes, they do. When they get to their room, Cinnamon is trying to force Fallon to put his demon collar on, but he for sure doesn't want to. And she says she doesn't want him getting arrested for not following the rules. They start to talk about their plan to go to the temple and destroy the chalice to keep on with the rest of their quest to destroy the false goddess Maiva when Fallon swings the door open and finds Usha eavesdropping. 
So she heard everything. Mm, killer. Mm. Cinnamon pulls her into the room and explains everything that they're doing. And Usha is understandably shaken up that her whole life is a lie. Because remember, they worship this Maiva. Yeah. yeah. She says she wants to help them because she spent her life thinking demons were mindless beasts to be kept as pets, and she doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. They make a plan to sneak Fallon into the temple using the cart that Cinnamon and Fallon have been using, and Usha says that they can get a replica of the chalice in the tourist part of town and switch it out so they can break it away from the temple and not get attacked again. Usha calls in her pet hyena, Kiki, and says they can use her as a distraction because she's a real crowd pleaser. At first, I thought, like, Kiki was a demon until she said that it's a hyena and i was like everybody else has a demon as a pet and you have a just a random hyena she has a hyena like fully a hyena and the people love the hyena Later on, Usha brings Fallon and the cart to the temple while Cinnamon goes to the market to find the chalice. She finds one easily but still has time to kill, so she gets some nachos. She's never had them before, and she's pleasantly surprised when she gets to try them. And they come in a bucket, and she tries to order it, and she's like, I'll have one nacho, please. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you mean nachos, you dumb bitch? (laughs) Then she sees a tied up man being whipped and she steps in asking what the fuck is going on. And the man whipping the other man says, this is a demon. He's trying to get him to transform into a werewolf so he can take his pelt. She realizes all of the furs for sale in the market are demon furs and she thinks she's going to be sick. Yeah, me too. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. She asks the man how much he'd make off the pelt because she needs a strong farmhand. She haggles with the man and they settle on 11 silvers for the demon. And the man says he'll even throw in a lamia for free. She doesn't even know what that is, but says, okay, fine. And the shopkeeper runs inside and she takes out a stick of cinnamon and rubs it under the man's nose. And he starts to talk clearly, not under the spell anymore. (gasps) Oh... She tells him she'll take his collar off when they're out of the city, and the man is suspicious, asking her why she'd do this, and she says because it's the right thing to do. The shopkeeper comes back with a demon who's half man and half snake, and says, here's your lamia. It's like a man torso with a long ass snake body. No. (laughs) Terrifying. That is so scary. She sets off down the street with her new demons and is internally freaking out because she does not fuck with snakes. I wouldn't fuck with that either. And it's like a six foot long snake. No. (laughs) They get to an empty road and she starts to get some cinnamon ready to free the Lamia. But the werewolf warns her that Lamia are notoriously vicious and tells her not to. But she says she has to. It's the right thing to do. When she rubs the cinnamon on his nose, he coils around her about to attack. But the werewolf tells him to back off because this woman just saved them. She quickly explains what's happening and what her and Fallon are doing and he releases her from his tail and jumps on her hugging her apologizing for attacking her still he's a fucking snake I'd be like mm 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 yeah even she's like get your slimy uh... little body off me <laughs> the werewolf introduces himself as Felix and says he wants to help them destroy the chalice Felix grinned even wider showing off sharp canines Sin if you think I'm going to miss out on the chance to rip those mages to shreds and crush their beating hearts in my hand you are very wrong I nodded cool cool graphic but i'll take it i turned to the lamia are you going to be all right on your own or would you like to come along you don't have to fight if you don't want to the snow-haired man's eyes darkened with a chilling glint we lamia have hunted the dreams of men since the time of the ancients the grandchildren of those who hurt me will weep at the sound of my name after i throw them in the pyre of my hatred and dance in the rain of their ashes oh that's a lot to take in (laughs) well you guys are fun Yeah, what would you even say to that? (laughs) Okay. I loved the dialogue in this book. It was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) The Lamia introduces himself as Ambrose and she says, nice to meet you. Let's do this thing. They head to the temple and the demons pretend to be pets still. And there's some creepy cult dudes at the entrance telling everyone that David loves them and David is love. But Cinnamon has no idea who David is. And we never learn who David is. No, not one time. just like a little snippet in the book? Yeah. David is love. Okay. She separates from Felix and Ambrose and heads to the temple where she sees Usha. Then she sees the chalice. The crowd of people start freaking out about a dancing hyena, and Cinnamon swaps the chalice out for the fake one. The chalice starts to bubble up again, and as she runs out of the temple, she tosses the goo to the floor inside, and the Maiva goo monster starts to scream that she'll bathe in the foolish mortal's blood. She sees the cart where Fallon is waiting and smashes the chalice on a nearby fountain, but another undead orc emerges from it, blocking her from picking the chalice back up. She scraps with the orc and now there's a second one and Fallon is fighting off some mages. Some potions are thrown and hit her horses and now her horses have wings. Yeah. And the mage is like, you threw the flying potions. No. 
So no. <laughs> so now she just has two flying horses. <laughs> so much happening. Ambrose jumps in and starts swallowing the mage's hole because he's a fucking snake. Oh my god. One of the orcs pulls Cinnamon up by the leg and she smashes the chalice on its tusk, shattering it, and the orc vanishes in a cloud of smoke. She's cursed by one of the mages and is in immense pain, but Fallon comes to the rescue, slaughtering him. He looks feral, but he looks at Cinnamon asking if she's hurt, and she says, yeah, a little, but it's fine, and he says he'll repay every bruise and every scratch with fire and blood. That's her man's. He turns into a legit dragon and flies up, setting everyone on fire. He's a fucking dragon. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I was reading this and I was like, oh my fucking God. Mm -hmm. You're like, so you're not just a demon. You're a whole ass dragon. You're giant. Uh That's why he was knocking down trees. He says, I'm a fucking dragon. Get out of my way, tree. Usha, Ambrose, and Felix rush up unharmed. Usha takes the demons to go find a ship to take over at the docks, and she tells Cinnamon to go find Fallon before he burns down half the continent. They're all war criminals now, and they have to go on the run, and Cinnamon says, fuck it, they're pirates now. She's following the destruction to try and reason with Fallon, and as she's following it, she sees that Windmere is almost like completely destroyed. A bunch of freed demon slaves are going after their old owners and the whole town is like chaos. She runs into a couple demons inside a marble building and they ask if the dragon is her mate and she says yes so they leave her alone but they don't smell a mate mark so they start to circle her until Fallon finally lands. The three demons run and she asks if Fallon feels settled now that he destroyed everything and she pets his cheek in dragon form and asks why they didn't just fly here since he's a fucking dragon honestly and he lets her know that if maiva got control of him in this form there would be no stopping him plus it takes a dragon 300 years to master the form and she's like so then how old are you and he says he is 124 years old an age gap Uh Uh a hundred year age gap (laughs) hot she calls him an old fart and he says that's no way to talk to her mate she tries to deflect and say that she only said that to get the other demons to leave her alone he uses his claws to lift her up over his shoulder and then shifts into human form carrying her away he carries them to a washroom in the marble building and fills the bathtub up with warm water using a lever and her mind is like blown because that's not a thing in her village (gasps) plumbing He leaves her to bathe and then returns with some clothes and a towel just as she's finished. She comments on how tired he looks and he says that he's exhausted from his dragon form, but he could find the energy for other activities. This man is horny. (laughs) She's a tease and she says that she can think of one specific activity and then drags him under the water and tells him that he needs to bathe because he smells awful. This girl. She starts to wash him and tells him that she's only doing this so he doesn't pass out and hit his head on the floor and like die. He kisses her wrist and asks why she didn't just leave when he destroyed the city. And she's like, because you would have found me and killed me and my family. You know where I live. Why would I leave? She's like, you literally told me you'd kill my family (laughs) he tells her that he would actually never hurt her and then he scoops her up and carries her to the room and drops her on the bed before climbing over her fuck that girl (laughs) he tells her that he has never had time or luxury to enjoy little things in life but when he looks at her he wants to try it out and then he runs his hands up her body and she tries to protest but he binds her wrists with a blanket to the headboard and he tells her that he knows she has tried to put up a barrier between the two of them and he's gonna break that barrier down he said no means yes baby (laughs) (laughs) i can be your villain he whispered why don't you let me take away the burden of choice for a while i'd never been so turned on in my life fallon waited still as a statue above me he was still giving me a chance to back out i nodded yes he shook his head i want to hear you say it damn him yes good girl his voice was deep and rich like chocolate drizzled over cake Ooh. Yum. <laughs> he kisses her gently until it intensifies and then he breaks the kiss to suck her nipple into his mouth and she tries not to moan. He tells her that she shouldn't hide her noises because now he's going to force them out of her. And then he lowers his head to her vagina. Fallon went straight for the kill by circling his tongue around my clit before sucking it into his mouth. He groaned as he lapped at the little bud before diving his tongue into my pussy. My legs locked around his head as my arms struggled against their restraints. There's my sweet rabbit 
Fallon lifted his body to peer down at my face. I could feel myself trying to clamp down on the digit he slipped inside me. Look at me, Sin. That's it. Good girl. I want to see your face when I find it. Her orgasm. what? Oh. Find what? Uh, oh. He's like, where is it? <laughs> where is it? It's looking for jewels. <laughs> <laughs> he puts another finger in her and tells her she's making it very hard not to mark her right now. He uses his other hand to tease her breasts as he fingers her, and then he moves his hand to her throat and fingers her faster. She is very into this and loves it, and now he wants to do depraved things to her. She begs to come, and he really likes her begging. He finally lets her come and then pulls away, telling her to turn on her side. My demon settled himself behind me before I felt something hard against my backside. He lifted my leg up slightly to slide his cock between my inner thighs. I lifted my hips to allow him better access to my pussy. Instead, Fallon closed my legs around his member and began thrusting his cock between my thighs. <laughs> He's just fucking her legs. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, man, you feel so good. <laughs> Did, what was that movie? Was it Hot Teacher with Justin Timberlake where he's like, your jeans feel yes! so good against my jeans. <laughs> yes. He moved an arm underneath me to play with my breast while his other hand toyed with my clit. I wish he would have just fucked her instead of... What was that? What would you have done if you were like about to sleep with this man? And then he started fucking And he was thighs? like, I'm just gonna fuck your thighs. I don't need to put it in, baby. <laughs> I mean, he makes sure she she is satisfied. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would turn around, though, and be like, you're not. Are you, is this on purpose? <laughs> Do you think you're in right now? Are you a virgin? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a pussy before? <laughs> he tells her he won't fuck her yet, but it isn't fun if only one person finishes. He continues to fuck her thighs, and she begs him to fuck her, but he says, no, not today. Why do they always have to do that? I don't know. Oh, my fucking God. She made him wait. Now he's Just returning the favor. Whatever. He continues to thrust and then puts a finger in her to give her some friction until she comes. He comes after her all over her thighs in the sheets of the bed, and then he unties her bindings and cuddles her until she falls asleep they just fall asleep and come yeah yeah wet cold sticky Mm, gooey (laughs) stringy (laughs) she wakes up to felix's face inches from hers he's all cleaned up and he looks kind of hot and she's like what are you doing here and he's like you two never showed up to the dock yesterday and we're supposed to leave now that we're on the run pirates oh shit yeah he's like i'm here to grab you now um fallon went to find your horses and we're supposed to leave so she gets dressed real quick they head that way and when they approach the docks an infuriated usha is screaming obscenities at tyrese which is the other innkeeper (laughs) she's like i still fucking hate you yes cinnamon's like what is going on and usha says that fallon didn't kill tyrese like she asked him to (laughs) and (laughs) fallon is just sitting there like watching them argue back and forth so he burnt tyrese's in down thinking that he was in it so he did Um, technically do what she asked tyrese said you can't get rid of me that easy (laughs) tyrese is about to say something when ambrose knocks him through a wooden wall and then ambrose scoops usha up and leaves and cinnamon is like so those two Hmm? a little something going on how is she gonna fuck a snake maybe we'll find out in another book maybe i don't (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) know maybe it'll be a riley room we'll make you read it probably tales Something to do with tails. They have their little cloaca. What's that? Well, I don't actually know. Do snakes have a cloaca? I know birds do. I don't. What's a cloaca? It's like the one hole they have where like everything comes out. Oh, I think snakes do. And it goes in. The eggs, the poop, the pee. It all just comes out of that one hole. I think snakes do have that. How do snakes mate? I should know this, but I don't. Do they just like sprinkle the eggs with their... I think so. Like a a fish. Right. Right. I don't know for sure. That's great. (laughs) Anyway... We'll have to read that time I got drunk and fucked a snake, I guess. <laughs> I need to know. Felix says it's about to begin and Cinnamon's confused, but he tells her that demon women are very few and males will start to fight for any female available now that they can mate them. So that's why Ambrose is like protecting Usha because he's like, that's mine now. He said, I want that girl. You mind, boo. They part ways so they can get the ship prepped to leave and then her newly flying horses land on the dock. She goes to find Usha to make sure she's okay and she's like i'm fine but cinnamon learns that they're both captains of the ship 
And Cinnamon's like, I do not want to be captain of this ship. Uh, make me a cook or something. And Usha's like, no, bitch, you're going to be a captain with me. We're the only two women. We save the demons. And I know how to steer a ship. And Cinnamon's like, fuck it. Okay, guess I'm captain Women of a ship. in charge. Boss babes. Usha tells them that they're headed for Rum Bay, where they'll restock the supplies and recover. And then they'll go to Kirkwall, which is the next closest temple. And then they'll double back to go to the North Continent Temple. Cinnamon's like, okay, but what do we do now? And Usha's like, obviously we're pirates now, so we're going to raid the alcohol and get fucked up. Hell yeah. They also decide to have a big feast for everyone since all the demons are free now from their owners. All the demons are learning to get along, and she learns that there is technically one other female on the ship. Holly is a centaur, but she's into girls, so she's not, like, worried about all the other demon men. Oh, she's a little lesbian. She says, I'm not interested. Holly is very direct and asks if Cinnamon fucked a dragon, and Felix is like, yeah, I want to know. And she's like... (laughs) Felix leave, we're having girl talk, but he tells her as her first demon friend, he has Bessie privileges, so he gets to stay and listen, obviously. He seems fun. I like Felix. He's just a little rascal. And she's like, no, I didn't fuck a dragon because he fucked my thighs. (laughs) If you must know. all he wanted to do. She tells the girls and Felix that she did not fuck him, but he did go down on her. And Felix is like, why stop there? And she brings up all the reasons on why they can't be together, but everyone's like, we don't see any issue with it just go for it yeah all of your reasons are reasons to do it (laughs) (laughs) after some liquid courage she's like yeah okay you're right i'll go tell him that i like him so she goes to find him and she fumbles on her words little anxiety attack and she's like did you get some um food did you get the pheasant yeah i'm good (laughs) did you have any pheasant it was good you should get some it's almost (laughs) gone and he's like yeah no i'm i'm okay thank you though and she (laughs) leaves immediately back to the table and gets blackout drunk the only way to do it honestly she wakes up hungover laying on fallon's chest and the bed is surrounded by blocks and blocks of cheese she's like (laughs) why is there so much cheese and he's like you don't remember oh what did she do last night you demanded we bring you cheese and then stated that you were the cheese (laughs) queen i blinked there's no way i did that really he asked with a smirk because I fully remember you tasking several orcs to bring you cheese. Then you sat in the captain's chair and the words, I am the cheese queen, definitely <laughs> came out of your mouth. Girl loves her cheese. Same, girl. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Something about her getting drunk. She's just like, I need some fucking cheese right now. Yeah. Oh, we love a good drunk cheese. <laughs> <laughs> she can tell that he's not lying and messing with her. So now she's absolutely mortified. And then Felix comes in and asks if the cheese queen is okay with braiding a ship on the horizon and she says i don't fucking care to sleep i'm not the cheese queen i'm hungover as fuck (laughs) felix holds his hand over her chest and she sees his hand glow before her hangover just like vanishes and he demands to get 50 points for using magic to rid her of it and she says how about 900 points because that would put him at a thousand and he's like what did you just say and she says i think i love you (laughs) he's like are you still drunk (laughs) in one quick motion he picks her up and puts her against the cabin wall and says not to mess with him and that he actually needs her to mean it and she says that she means it He says he won't be changing who he is, so she needs to be serious because when this happens, he will literally be taking her soul. And she says, take it. He kisses her and she thinks he wasn't exaggerating when he quite literally said he would take her soul. She can feel him tasting her soul through the kiss and his intertwining into her body. He tells her not to fight it and she submits and wraps her legs around his waist. And when she finally has her legs wrapped around his waist, he bites under her neck and she feels his magic. She begs for him to stop because it hurts but he tells her to relax he isn't going to hurt her other than the part of the bite when he's finally done with the bite he kisses her and when it's over she is hella soaked and frantically horny trying to rip all his clothes off is she a demon now no oh. just a mate but she like <laughs> a little demon mate. she absorbs some of his magic though yeah so when he oh. mates her he let her know that she would absorb a little bit of magic he tells her that he will fuck her but he's gonna make her wait because there's a ruckus on the deck and the crew might need help 
And then he leaves with an I love you. When are they gonna fuck? <laughs> Never. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't this entire book. <laughs> she goes upstairs after a minute to compose herself. And there isn't chaos, but they are raiding the cargo ship calmly and like very orderly. So she's confused as to what's going on until she notices the cargo captain is as big as Fallon and she's never seen another human as big as him. He also has interesting hair, like same length, but it's silver. And it looks like there's a horn hidden in his hair. She tells her men to fall back. It's a trap. And then one of the orcs gets stabbed in the chest and falls dead. No. She runs to go grab all the cinnamon she has because she thinks Maiva might be behind this. The other man is a dragon and sends his long tail to smash her and a couple other demons on the ship. Usha tries to steer the ship away and she sees Fallon take to the sky in his dragon form. So she calls for Smash and hops on her back to follow him. And I was like, why would you take a flying horse to a dragon fight? Yeah. I mean, what are your options? I mean, she does have a dragon. I don't know. She's like, I'm going to help you. (laughs) I'm on my way, babe. It's the thought that counts. (laughs) She strings some cinnamon to her arrow and launches it at the silver dragon, trying to break him of the spell. And then Fallon smashes into the other dragon. She notices a chalice tied to the silver dragon's hair. So she's like, okay, Maiva is behind this. She guides Smash closer to the dragon and leaps from her back onto the storm dragon. So like now the silver dragon is referred to as the storm dragon. Okay. The storm dragon slices Fallon and he screeches in pain. She almost falls and she feels his pain being his mate. So she knows that she has to hurry. She grabs the hammer from her satchel and grabs the chalice, slamming the hammer down over and over again. It breaks and the storm dragon's eyes clear. He tells her thank you and then he plummets downward, completely exhausted. She tells him to please, please land on the island and not water and then he steers them towards his land before his body gives out and they crash. Fallon crashes soon after and immediately shifts to his human form. She scrambles over him to see if he has any wounds and he says that he's okay he's just tired and then he faints. Fallon. So now she's stuck on an island with two fucking dragons who are passed out asleep. She didn't want adventure. She just wanted to be a cinnamon farmer. Yeah. I know. All she wants to do is chill. <laughs> she wants to be the cheese queen. Leave her, just leave her alone. <laughs> Give the girl her cheese. She has no idea where she is, but Smash landed with her and helps her drag the males into the shade and decides to make a makeshift spear to try and get some food since she has no idea how long they'll be passed out for. After making food and finding fresh water, she double checks on both of them to make sure that they're not hurt. And then she is very nice and she cleans up the silver dragon and like uses a coconut to like brush out his hair for him. The coconut oil? Uh, Yeah. What a sweet gal. And then she settles against Smash and falls asleep. She wakes up to Fallon carrying her through the forest. They stop at a waterfall and he says this is the perfect spot. Far enough away and loud enough to block out all the noises she's about to make. Oh, they're gonna fuck. He kisses her and works his way down her neck before ripping her top open to kiss and bite her nipples. He runs a finger up her pussy and she is already hella soaked. Look at you. So desperate for me. I've barely touched you and your body is begging. Fallon let out an almost animalistic grunt as he pushed a finger back inside. She tells him to not keep her waiting and he replies, now she knows how he feels. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, I have wanted you since I first saw you and I haven't been able to do anything. So now you're welcome. This is how I felt this You've whole time. You've been giving me blue balls. He tells her that he's going to ruin her and spreads her legs open before he goes down on her. She comes on his tongue and then he demands she gets on her hands and knees. He strips and nudges her legs further apart and puts pushes her down until only her ass is in the air. He thrusts deep inside of her and then gives her a moment to stretch and accommodate, but she realizes that she kind of liked that little bit of pain. Fallon pulled out and shoved his cock back in, using the fist in my hair as a rein. Again, my body came alive with a strange mix of pain and pleasure. It felt so dirty, but oh so good. You like it when I'm in control, don't you? Of course you do. He thrusts in again, then ground his hips into my sweet spot. Of course you do. He keeps his steady pace and she's getting antsy pushing back against him wanting more. She tells him not to be petty and give it to her because she made him wait less than a month. He tells her yes but he's loved her since day one. (gasps) Oh. He pushes her head down against the ground and slams into her over and over again until she screams with another orgasm. That's right. Squeeze my cock just like that. Good girl. Fuck. You feel so good. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) The spice. 
She slumps over, but he tells her not to get too comfortable. He's not done with her yet. And then he continues to fuck her until he finishes. He says that they're going to go again, but she starts to whine and is like, what about breakfast? And he's like, no breakfast until I bend you over this boulder. So she whines again and he's like, fine, anything for my wife. Oh, my wife. She's confused and he tells her that mates are like marriage for demons, but if she needs an actual human ceremony, then he'll give her one. They put their clothes back on and head back to the beach. On the way back, they collect fruit and then she screams and says, oh, gods. He wants to know what's happening and she's like, you didn't pull out. And he's like, it's fine. I did this this morning. And he points to his stomach and he put like a magic rune on him so she won't get pregnant. Oh, nice. And then she gets hella soaked staring at his naked stomach. And he's like, I thought you were hungry. And she says, it's not my fault you filled me with your dragon slut magic. (laughs) (laughs) She drops to her knees and starts to palm his erection. And then she pulls his dick out and runs her tongue across the head of it. And then she reaches down to touch herself as she licks him. They're interrupted, though, by the voice of Usha saying that she found them. But (laughs) Usha quickly turns their search party around when she sees what they're doing. She's like, nope, nope. Turn back, turn back. She's like, nope, (laughs) go that way. Keep going back. Give them some privacy. (laughs) When they're alone again, he's like, okay, let's continue. And she's like, no way we're fucking continuing. We gotta go to like, go back over there. Yeah. How would you continue sucking dick after that? I would not be able to. Mm, Me either. (laughs) She says, no way, shoves him. And then they go to find everyone. They meet up with the others and everyone's happy to see they're all in one piece. The silver dragon calls her Madam Shadow. And everyone's like, who the fuck is Madam Shadow? They're like, you mean our girl Cinnamon? The cheese queen? Her? The cheese cheese queen? (laughs) He explains that she's mated to a shadow dragon, which makes her Madam Shadow. And she's surprised to learn that there's different types of dragons. So Fallon's a shadow dragon, and we learn his name is Dante. He's a storm dragon. Fallon interrupts and is like, you Dante? The storm dragon? (laughs) And Dante's like, yeah, that's me. And after introductions are done, Dante tells them that they need to keep moving because Maiva won't stop until she destroys them. So they need to strike now. He offers to make the trip quicker to the last chalice. And instead of being two weeks of sailing, he'll drag the ship behind his dragon form and make it in there in four days. They all agree and they get prepared to leave. Traveling fast makes them all super sick. And she makes Fallon promise that when this is all over, they're going to go back to the island for one whole month to relax. She needs to chill. It's all she's wanted this whole book. She's never going to get it. (laughs) Dante makes a signal that they're close. So Fallon leaves her side as she preps all of her cinnamon stick arrows. Black Mist rolls around the ship to conceal them. And Dante climbs back on deck and collapses into his human form, exhausted again. It's freezing as they near the mountain. And then she sees a blob-like thing in the water. So she goes to shoot a cinnamon stick at its snout. But Fallon tells her not to shoot it yet. He's surprised that she can even see it. So that means that she's taking to his magic better than he thought. Because he explained like when you mate and the magic transfer is Sometimes it could take years for your mate to actually be able to use it. But she's like seeing through his mist when nobody else can see through it. So he's like, that's that's a good thing. Okay, That's pretty cool. Yeah. They get closer to shore and they're all prepped. Felix, Ambrose, her and Usha climb on Fallon's dragon back. And they're going to go to the temple to smash it since they can't be coerced by the magic. When they fly to the temple, it's nestled in a valley and they spot someone coming out of the temple. It's a tiny woman in a long red cloak holding something above her head and two more people exit and Cinnamon recognizes them immediately. Don't you dare say it. Who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Her parent. No. That'd be a twist. Yeah. It's her ex, Glenn, and Priscilla, and then two more people come out, too. Fuck you, Glenn. Fucking Glenn. Glenn sucks. She introduces everyone after Fallon lands, and Fallon is really jealous and won't stop staring at Glenn because Glenn called her sweets. And the woman in the red robe is lucky that she's holding the shield because Fallon wants to burn them for the nickname. So the thing that she was holding above the air is like a little amulet shield to protect the people coming from the temple. Okay. Cinnamon 
Roman tries to shut everyone up to tell them what's really going on, but she's interrupted by Maiva's monsters starting an attack. So she sent a bunch of other demons out to start attacking them to kill them. Cinnamon shoots the tiny red robe lady with an arrow to break her from the spell and drop the shield. Chaos ensues and her and Usha start running for the temple. The temple smells like death. They find the chalice and it already has goo bubbling over it, making a woman-shaped figure. The figure forms into a grotesque woman and they know it's Maiva. Usha gags saying that's the goddess and this pisses Maiva off and she says that they're (laughs) she says that they're ungrateful for her blessings over the hundreds of years and demand that they bow to her. She's like you guys hurt my feelings. I'm not that gross. (laughs) No but she is. She's described as absolutely awful. She's like please (laughs) you're hurting my feelings. (laughs) I'm just a girl. (laughs) Cinnamon releases an arrow and it goes through her jaw spraying black blood. Maiva rips it from her face and charges them but Usha slices her at the wrists with an axe. While Usha is dealing with that, Cinnamon flies another arrow and it helps free the chalice from Maiva's neck. So the last chalice is on a chain around her neck. She runs for it, grabbing her hammer and trying to smash the cup. Maiva screams but refuses to give up and slams both girls back against the wall. When Cinnamon's eyes are done being blurry, she sees Fallon's dark mist outside the temple and she sees that he's hurt and she's like, we are got to end this. She forces herself up and calls his mist to help her. So she's like, I'm going to to use magic right now when I've never done it a single day in my life. Get it. Use it. She gets it to work and she conceals herself in Usha. She makes Usha go to a safe spot because her ribs are broken and then goes back to finish the job of the chalice. She fishes a sugar cube from her pocket and tosses it as a distraction and it like pings off of the axe. So Maiva goes to that and leaves the chalice unguarded and then Cinnamon starts smashing it. Get it. Maiva goes to slice her but Fallon steps in and grabs Maiva. Seeing Cinnamon is hurry, he growls and smashes her and unleashes mist everywhere. Glenn and Priscilla enter as this is happening and demand to know what he has. Cinnamon says that's your precious goddess and they're in utter disbelief. That's your ugly ass goddess. Yeah. That <laughs> creature is what you been protecting. She says that she'll re-explain everything again, but they need to help her out. They go outside and then Fallon comes out. He wants to kill Glenn, but she stops him and tells him not to bother. He scoops her up and they fly off. So Maiva is no more. No. She's dead. Nice. Dead. Nice. She wakes up to the smell of food. She's in a bed of fur blankets and Fallon is approaching her. He helps her down the stairs and they pass a large pool with steam coming off of it and they continue outside. He tells her he promised to bring her back to the island and she asks how long she's been asleep. He says a few days and he kept her asleep that long because he didn't want her to see him so angry. So instead he used a stolen magic from Maiva to bring her to the island and build the things that they needed for their stay. He even cooked her sea spiders. A.K.A. crabs. So sweet. They eat and he wants to keep her on the island forever so she isn't in danger ever again. He tells her it was scary to think she almost got hurt at the temple and she cups his face and tells him she loves him. She says that he can't keep her here forever though. Maybe he can make her a protective shield and that can be their compromise. He says okay but it will probably take him a couple months to figure that out. And she says that's okay. We're gonna have an extended honeymoon. We're gonna have forever together. He scoops her up to return to the bedroom and lays her down. He kisses her and makes his way down her body and then grips her legs to spread her open and then licks up her slit. Not my words. Slit. (laughs) Slit. He starts devouring her until her own magic mist circles the room. He gave another long lick to my pussy before pushing a finger into me. I can finally get my fill of you, he groaned. I'm going to keep you here, naked and ready for me, until my essence is burned into every part of you. Romantic. Okay. So romantic. He sucks harder on her clit and fingers her until she orgasms, and then he continues to finger her and whispers that he loves seeing her like this, body trembling and begging for him. She tells him that she needs him and he obeys so he gets up and thrusts into her and then he tells her this damn cunt is going to ruin me cinnamon (laughs) that damn cunt cunt. (laughs) he fucks her slowly driving her crazy and she says that he knows how she wants it so to do it that way but he says he wants to hear her say it i want you to flip me over and fuck me senseless i want your hand grabbing my neck as you spank me until i come then i want you to pull my hair as you rut into me and i want it now The look on his face was almost comical. Fallon's mouth hung open for a moment before snapping it shut. I love you, he whispered. I know, I said, nodding. Now flip me over and tell me I'm a good girl. 
Yeah, do it. Do it. I know you love me. I'm not going to say it back <laughs> right now. Fuck me. He does what he's told, and he flips her over, shoving her face into the pillows. He smacks her ass and fucks her roughly, telling her that she's so beautiful. She comes again, but tells him not to stop. He thrusts a few more times before he finishes, and then gathers her body to his and lays down. They say I love you, and they cuddle close. We switch to the epilogue. It's end of harvest season. They finally left the island, but only because Fallon figured out a protective charm through a gaudy red gem he made into a necklace. They're approaching her house, and when she enters... She says she's home, she's married, and the false goddess is dead. Her family is happy to have her back, and they bring them into a hug. They sit them at the table, and they demand that they tell them everything. The end. Spill the tea. <gasps> the end. The end. So, Riley. That's such a good one. How many red pepper emojis do you give this one? Honestly, That's good. get ready for this. I'm ready. I give it five. Oh, my Ooh. God. I give it five. Wasn't it good? It was a good one. I really liked this one. Are you going to read it? If you guys haven't read it, you guys should read it. Yeah, I am. It's good. I am going to read it. So, Riley, do you think Fallon is sexy? I do. 100% sexy. 100% do. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot. And would you trade places with cinnamon? You know what? I think I would. Might be up for an adventure. Yeah, I'm also a fellow chill girl. I thought you were gonna say cheese lover. <laughs> cheese also queen. A cheese lover. <laughs> I'll fuck up some string cheese and a block of sharp cheddar. Mmm, scrumptious. Yeah. I would 100%. Sounds fun. Also, he sounds hot as fuck. Yeah. And next week, all three of us are going to be telling Riley's husband, Andrew, about trans wizard Harriet Porber and the bad boy Parasaurolophus by Chuck Tingle. <laughs> what a mouthful. Uh, I don't, a mouthful. I don't truly. think you guys are ready for this one. No. And that's going to be our last episode of the season. I know. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, but we'll be back in the beginning of may the first wednesday of may we'll be back with season two (laughs) all right well if you liked this episode make sure you rate review and subscribe follow us on instagram and facebook at smut up and listen podcast and on tiktok at smut up and listen tell your friends but not your mom or i'll see you later you horny little rats